Welcome to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's High School Huddle Podcast, week five of the season coming up. I'm Peter Dawson, and as, and as always, I am joined by Brian Gossett. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, again, it's another podcast. Like we said last week, I guess we're doing something all right that uh, we're still sticking around. And uh, the football season's going on quickly. Yeah, week five already. Yep, we have another jam-packed episode. A look back at some of the great Week 4 performances and looking ahead to some of the big games in Week 5. Uh, in this episode, we're going to look at, uh, for lack of a better term, we have a superhero coach. Diamond Hill Jarvis just keeps winning. Uh, and then we're going to look at some more unbeaten teams uh, and big district games to watch. And we'll start with the rain on Friday. Seems to be a theme every week of the season. More games canceled, more flooding Saturday as well. Uh, some of the worst rain in DFW in a while. Uh, and it's been all over the news, um, but Bowie head coach uh, Danny Diarman was able to rescue a woman uh, from her sinking car. Brian, you did a story on this. Take us through it. Yeah, and there's video, and you can you can see it online, dfwvarsity.com. But Coach Danny Diarman, his wife Sarah, they were up in uh, the Catio Mills area. Uh, a friend was with them, and they noticed a woman in her car you know was halfway into the water and they had to break a window just to to get her out and if you go and watch the video um she's you know on his back as he's walking towards uh safer grounds you know the water was kind of up uh a little past his ankles and um his friend actually was driving his truck and pushing another car to safer ground and then you kind of wait a while to the end and you can see her car is is sinking Right. And so luckily, um, they were there in the right place. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's an amazing story. And, and obviously the woman is, is thankful that, that Coach DeArmond was willing to act. And we, and Brian and I, we, you know, thank the coach uh, for his time this week to tell us about it. Uh, back on the field, in terms of football teams, we continue to ride the Diamond Hill Jarvis train. Uh, you know, I don't, losers no more, right? I mean, they, they keep winning. Yeah, they got to see him Friday against Carter Riverside they won 29 to 17 it's kind of a neat deal because it was the battle of the eagle where they got a trophy they play uh, almost every year and they decided you know let's kind of spark up this rivalry and so there's a trophy involved it was a pretty neat trophy um, and it was cool to see them handle adversity because right um, some of these past Diamond Hill teams if they're close in the third or they trail in the fourth you know, they might just shut down and, and can't make it a game. But they actually were down 17-13. to 13. They scored the final 16 points. And uh, another historic win because they snapped an eight-game losing streak to Carter Riverside. First time since 2005, which actually was the same year, uh, excuse me, the last year that they had won three games in a season. And so now they're 3-1 and one on the year and... And, um, yeah, let's keep talking about Diamond Hill Jarvis. Yeah, I mean, it's – and we, we've talked about it before, but the idea that, like – and you mentioned it a little bit there, you know, the team that – they get these multiple wins, they but they don't let it go to their head. I mean, they stay focused, which I think is a credit – I mean, obviously a credit to the players, but also a credit to the coach, right? Yeah, Coach Oscar Castillo in his second year doing a great job, and he's kind of got um, these goals. You know, the first one was, you know, break the streak and – actually win a game and then it was win back-to-back games you know they, they took a tough loss to north side in uh, week three and so the next step was to have that bounce back win you know and he always t- tells me he wants to do what winning teams do 
and uh, got to talk to him after the game and uh, talk to senior Daniel Robles. Uh, very emotional win there at Carter Riverside, and uh, we actually have a clip here. Yes, so uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and fire it up? Yes, it's Carter. There's a rivalry there, but at the same time, I want to see if these kids were, were going to be able to bounce back after after what happened at Northside, and uh, you know they did, and 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 it wasn't easy. And I wanted something difficult for these guys. Our first two games were easily in hand by the fourth quarter. Northside wasn't. We weren't able weren't able to get out of that, and this one we were. Taught us since day one, since the first day of practice, to never give up, to dig down deep, to see what you're really about, and. We came to play, we came to take care of business. And our goal was to come and give them a, a fight and take this trophy home with us. Yeah, there was uh, Daniel Robles, senior lineman there at the end, taking home that trophy as he's talking to me, he's holding that thing. And um, it was great to see just the fans cheering cheering them on. And you know, now their next goal is a district win. They start district, they get to host Lake Worth on Friday. And they're trying to get their first district win since 2009. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a long, I mean, it's almost a decade since you have a district win. I mean, that's that's a long time. Yeah, Brian, as you mentioned, Lake Worth Diamond Hill in that District 6, 4A, Division 1. The Kennendale District, and it's shaping up to be a great race. Kennendale still pretty likely to win it, but now the race to watch for is the second place. Diamond Hill, Benbrook, Castleberry, and Western Hills, all 3-1 and one going into district play. And you also can't forget about Dunbar and Lake Worth. Yeah, and um, Lake Worth's kind of been beating Diamond Hill the last few years, and so they get to start with the the Bullfrogs and see if they can actually match up with them. And Benbrook, I mean, we've talked about Benbrook the last two podcasts, and uh, maybe our our favorite player. We try to be right. unbiased, but um, <laughs> Quentin Jackson got to see him for the first time this season on Thursday against Anna. Unfortunately, they lost their first game of the year, twenty four twenty one. He still put up 254 yards and two more touchdowns. But it was funny because, um, and you kind of see this, you kind of start to realize what a special player these these kids are when they kind of say, okay, I got 250 yards, but I played horrible. <laughs> it's like, really? I mean, anyone would take those numbers. You know, he did come in averaging 300 a game. And so, you know, I guess to his standards, yeah, it was a bad game. But, uh, man, I, I take... 254 any day i think pretty much anybody would now with him is it more of a is it more of a speed thing is it more finding the holes is it big plays or is it just kind of catching is it everything yeah there i can remember one one of his touchdowns where he he made like six people miss he started you know it was like to one side of the field juked a couple people and turned it up to the other side and it was like a 54 yard touchdown just incredible an incredible athlete and he's already nearing 1,200 yards on the ground, 16 touchdowns in four weeks. He's almost surpassed his 2017 numbers. Switching gears to a team we have not talked all that much about, and that would be Castleberry. The Lions are 3-1 and one after beating Godley 15-14. to 14. Uh, They're trying to make the playoffs for, for the first time since 2013. Uh, here's, a, here's a tough stat for you. They've gone 1-9 and nine each of the past four seasons. Uh, senior quarterback uh, Michael Dameron is a big reason uh, for the team's success this year. Nearly 1,200 yards of total offense and 18 total touchdowns. He's already surpassed last year's touchdown total, uh, where he had 17. But a tough matchup this week is a team we, we briefly mentioned earlier, and that's Cannondale, likely to win the district on Friday. What are you expecting? Yeah, tough. Tough is, 
understatement. Uh, Canada, you know, state runner-up. They love to run the ball. They're physical. They got big linemen. But um, they're actually Canada's kind of down this year. Um, and I know the running back DJ Curvin kind of injured himself last week. I don't know if he'll be able to go. And so if he he doesn't play, that's you know kind of a, a boost for Castleberry. But I still like Canada that matchup. And you mentioned uh, Michael Michael's numbers there, but others running back Elijah West, wide receiver Seth Oaks playing very well. West um, nearly averaging 100 yards per game has five touchdowns. Oaks with five touchdown catches and averaging um, almost 20 yards per catch. And uh, a few stats here against Godley Jose Hernandez. Had a game-high 16 tackles, and then Diego Rivera had two picks. Um, if you go on dfwvarsity.com, he's actually up for Defensive Player of the Week. So um, if you're a Diego Rivera fan, go vote for him. <laughs> Another district to watch will be the 5-5A Division Two. Very similar. They have one team that's going to run away with the district title, obviously, and that would be Alito, uh, another state runner-up team from a year ago. But through four weeks, we have four teams that are undefeated. Uh, we mentioned Alito, but there's Burleson, Midlothian, and Cleburne. Burleson and Midlothian are both 2-0 in the district, while the other two teams are 1-0. And Cleburne might be the most surprising. A resurgent Yellow Jackets squad under second-year coach Casey Walraven. Brian, what have you seen from them? Yeah, playing very well, 3-0 and on the year. You know, Cleburne's a team... Didn't win a single game last year, and they didn't score 40 points in any of them. Well, in three games, they've scored 40 or more points in each game. Coming off a big win, 47-3 against Waco University. Quarterback Gunnar Hammond had over 200 yards. Total offense, five touchdowns. Running back Jacob Reynolds, who we've briefly talked about. Another great game on the ground. Um, Probably a surprise player to watch. Through three games, he's over 700 yards rushing. In fact, in week two, he had a big game. Um, he had almost 400 yards, but against Waco University, 189 and two touchdowns. Big, big numbers there. Jumping back to Alito for a second, Brian and I, we both think that they're going to be making another run towards a state title. Does Cleburne have the best shot at maybe giving the Bearcats a scare when they play October 19th? Because I, I personally, I don't think they do. I think that in years past we've seen with Alito, you know, it's are they going to keep the streak going? Are they going to keep winning all these games? You know, now you're seeing a different sort of thing where, you know, after losing in the final last year, state final, they're hungry, which I think is should be scary to a lot of other teams. Yes, uh, having them lose in the state title game, is not a good sign for other DFW schools because they, they are mad. They're mad. They want you don't win a state title in Alito and it's a failure. And so I don't think Cleburne will have a shot at, at beating the Bearcats, but who will? Um, I do like Burleson, who is 4-0 and 2-0 in district already. They get to play at Alito October 12th. Playing really good on defense, um, you know, the Elks. Might be the toughest matchup for the Bearcats, uh, at least through the first half or maybe three quarters until Alito pulls away. The defense for the Elks allowing seven points per game and allowing 120 yards per game. But to make it to make matters even more worse, you know, their game is at Alito. And so right. it's a tough environment just to travel there and, and face those those Bearcats, those alumni, those fans. Um, I don't think Burleson will beat them. They might keep it close there in three quarters, but I still think Alito will win by at least two scores. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's 
you know, considering where Alito is right now, I, I, that's probably a, a good performance from Burleson. Burleson, like you mentioned, is one of the many unbeaten teams in DFW through week four. In fact, we found nearly 40 UIL and TAP schools that still have perfect records. Going back real quickly to Midlothian, 55 points versus Arlington Seguin, their most points scored since 2012. Some other surprise undefeated teams will go out to the Dallas area very quickly for this one. But what about North Garland, Brian? They're 4-0 this year. They went 3-7 and last season and 10-70 and in the in the previous eight years. Their most wins since their last playoff berth in 2009 so far this year. And it really looks like their best start since 1997. What are some other teams uh, that you like going forward? Um, I really like Arlington Lamar. The Vikings are 3-0. and They beat Richland 38-8. to Great uh, games from quarterback Jack Dawson, 250 yards passing. Running back Jordan Williams, 150 on the ground and three touchdowns. It's their best start since uh, the, the Shane Bouchelle days of 2015, who's now— it Seems like a long time ago, huh? Yeah. He's now wearing the, the burnt orange there at Texas Longhorns. Um, defensively, another great performance through this season, just like Burleson, the, the Lamar Vikings— allowing 15 points per game. It's a very interesting Week 5 matchup, though, because they host Arlington Martin, who a lot of people thought were going to win the district title. They had played probably the toughest, one of the toughest non-district schedules this season. You had Lake Travis, 6A Division One state runner-up. Hebron, who has perhaps the best wide receiver in the state, and Rockwall, who it may be the best quarterback-to-wide receiver combo in the state in uh, Jacob Clark and Jackson Smith. Now you kind of think, what's wrong with Martin? Well, you know, those non-district teams, maybe probably not as tough as, as 4-6-A, but, you know, can Martin kind of pull it together? Because right now it's starting to look like a team, a three-team race with Arlington, Lamar, Bowie, and uh, Arlington High, who's also undefeated. Yeah, do you think that's a situation where, I mean— you'd know better than I would. Does it does it benefit you to play that tough of schedule early on, or is it one of those things where you start one and two or zero oh and three, and and you know you you it it puts you in a hole. Um, I think Martin playing these tough non-district schedules, I think it benefits them. You know, it kind of stings. You know, when the game's done and you you give up seventy three points to Rockwall. But I think in the end, it'll help them. They'll, they'll understand what they'll have to do. They'll fix adjustments and all. And it's it's a scary deal. You know, Martin with Bob Wager, who's been there a long time, you just you can't count them out. You know, they look – they're 0-3. They look like anyone could beat them, but um, they're a dangerous team. And, and like I mentioned, it's a three-team race in 4-6A, but uh, Martin might sneak up on someone. Shifting back to Fort Worth and into the private school sector, we have Nolan Catholic jumping out to a 4-0 start on the season. Vikings had a down year last year, went 5-6. and six. Uh, Great defensive efforts through Week 4. They've allowed just 23 points total in their four games, uh, coming off a win over Eastern Hills, uh, where they held them to negative yardage. Yeah, negative 45. Wow. Yeah, and um, their defense is probably their best asset of the team it starts with four-star dn nana osafo mensa who's committed to Notre dame you also have chance cover who's a really good linebacker he's an all-state linebacker uh, back when he was with byron nelson but he's shifted to the offensive side 
played some tight end, played some halfback. Um, he's actually catching some touchdowns. Richard Silva um, is also a name a lot of people know. He's a, he's a great, he's another All-State um, linebacker. He's a 2020 guy. Um, and then another a great supporting cast. Uh, Sean Holt is another good defensive player. I'm actually going out there Friday because they do a pretty fun deal on Friday mornings, at least their home games. Early on, I think seven or eight in the morning, they do like a like the college game day. Oh, cool! So they have an actual setup with the <laughs> desk, and you know, students, I guess, of their their media department with uh, microphones and all. And so it'd be fun to watch. I, I don't know if they have a Lee Corso uh, impersonation. Who well, knows? well, maybe they could bring us there one yes, day, and we yes. could pick the, put the mascot heads on, right? Yeah, Homer celebrity Ryan. picks, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then you just put on the mascot and and wave like Lee does there on uh, Saturday game days, but excited for that. Speaking of excitement, jumping ahead uh, to the week five games this uh, coming up on Thursday and Friday, Brian, which games are you looking at? The games I'm going to, we start Thursday over at Newsom Stadium. Got a good one in 7-6A, the DeSoto Eagles, Battle of the Eagles, DeSoto versus Lake Ridge. Um, DeSoto just put up... A lot of points last week against uh, Waxahachie and Lake Ridge coming up from 5A, but they are looking pretty good, and um, it's kind of that district of doom where Lake Ridge kind of used to playing those tough schedules. And then Friday got a pair of undefeated teams over at Keller where the Indians host in South Lake Carroll. Yep, and I'm gonna I'm gonna switch uh, the area a little bit. I, I you know I feel like I've since we've been doing the podcast been uh, looking at some more some of the Dallas area things, and I think at least for me the game to watch over there is Prosper versus Plano East on Friday. Two undefeated teams, and obviously the big 1,000 pound gorilla is Allen. They play in Allen's district. This game is more than likely to ter- excuse me to determine second place. Plano East, really, really good on defense so far this year, just allowing right around 10 points per game. Prosper, uh, similar. You know, they're plus 135 on points differential, so that's the game that I'm looking at. Brian, what else are you looking at here around Fort Worth? We got Timber Creek and Eaton. Uh, Eaton squad, who's undefeated. They play Thursday over at Northwest ISD Stadium. A lot of good ones on Friday here in the area. Boswell is visiting Brewer, Fossil Ridge, um, gets to play Byron Nelson. Again, over at Newsom Stadium, Legacy and Timberview. You got South Grand Prairie against Mansfield Northwest versus Southwest. And uh, that's kind of likely to determine the district title. Uh, many people think those two teams will finish 1-2 and two in their district, 4-5A uh, Division Two, And then Midlothian, we talked about um, trying to stay perfect. They get to play Burleson Centennial over at uh, Burleson ISD Stadium. Yep, so that'll do it for us, except, Brian, I'm going to leave it with you. Got a few programming notes. What kind of coverage should we expect to see from you uh, kind of in the coming days on uh, uh, star-telegram.com and dfwvarsity.com? You can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Brian, what do you got? Uh, Like every week, we'll do five things. That's going to be coming out Tuesday. Power rankings again on Wednesday. And a couple stories already online, um, including one about L.D. Bell, went out there last week, talked to Coach Mike Glaze. He actually has two kids that were born in the Congo, and now they're on the football team and making big impacts. And then one that was just posted on Tuesday, Trinity Valley in Fort Worth. Uh, They play in the Southwest Prep Conference. They won the SBC state title last year, but talked to their quarterback, 
um, Kingsley and their coach Aaron Maddox, who um, has been there a very long time. But Kingsley, the first African American quarterback to start um, for Trinity Valley in in their program history. Wow! So interesting to watch. Bright kid, smart kid. He's, he's when he wants to play in uh, D one D one football. So. Go check it out. Um, I'm also going to try and shoot for Colleyville Covenant, where former MLB baseball player Vernon Wells is uh, assistant coach. And former Angels guy, right? Former Angels, uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Um, he's from Arlington Bowie. He was a great football and baseball player there, and so he's back in the DFW area. And hopefully I get to talk to him and see, uh, realize that he's actually a good football football coach. So excited for that, and obviously the game's coming up. And one quick note before we actually wrap up. I know we keep faking you out here, but uh, breaking news on Monday night. I know we're into Tuesday, but uh, Mansfield Legacy safety Jalen Catalan, he's a four-star safety, uh, narrowed down his final four teams that he's looking to commit to. That would be TCU, Texas, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. And Brian is going to have a story on that later in the week, and we will get into that discussion about his potential commitment Uh, on next week's episode of the podcast all right well that'll do it for us for our third edition of the fort worth star telegrams uh, high school huddle brian and i will be back with you next week